my advice is to do the work on yourself because when people notice change within you, it inspires them. But also what I've really noticed is the more work that I do on myself, the more those around me shift and change based solely on my perception and the inner work that I'm doing. It's such a fascinating thing to watch when you heal things within yourself and then it has this like a flow-on effect and things shift and change within the people that are around you. And so, yeah, I guess my advice is to be the example and lead yourself first. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to this week's Self Love Podcast. Really excited to share with you a beautiful and most exquisite soul the incredible Lisa Thompson from the Golden Thread Collective. You know, Lisa is just a pure expression of love, hope, and inspiration. She does nothing but enlighten others so that they too can reclaim their health and well-being by following the Golden Thread home to the healer within. You'll be fascinated by this. Lisa began her career after studying psychology, social work, and counseling, and she worked predominantly in crisis spaces, including youth homelessness and a hospital emergency department. She's always been deeply passionate about her work. However, it wasn't until she led herself through her own powerful journey of healing herself of an incurable condition and freeing her mind from the bind of past traumas that she really discovered therapies that light her up, energize her soul, and create deep transformation from within. Lisa works in the realm of many therapies, including being a beautiful meditation creator and Reiki practitioner. She's an integrative health practitioner, and she is a certified master practitioner of NLP, TLT, and hypnotherapy. I just think you're going to love listening to this podcast because she really does help to shine a light and share the incredible gifts of her traditional and holistic and natural healing practices. She predominantly supports women one-on-one and does group settings and offers uh, different programs on her website. So in any area where you may be feeling stuck, which could be in the areas of family, career, finances, relationships, and health, whatever it is, so that you can clear it at an unconscious level, stop holding yourself back, and propel yourself forward into living a full, healthy, responsible, accountable, and beautiful creation of the life that you desire. And I can honestly say you're going to love the story the information she shares. I love her beautiful self-love meaning that she shares in here. And also she has some incredible self-care tips, which I know you're going to love. So get yourself sorted. I think you're going to want to grab a pen and paper for this one. So if you're out walking, running, driving, whatever it is, make sure when you get home to read, listen to it. But there's some really cool, profound statements and wisdom that the beautiful Lisa brings 
to this week's self-love podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for your five-star rating on iTunes, for your beautiful feedback and comments. I get to see all of them. For your personal messages, I, I almost cry with every single one of them. I so appreciate how many podcasts are out there on the market today. And so to have your attention in this moment, I promise you there is no accident that you are listening to my favorite, the one and only self-love podcast. Take care, guys, and enjoy the show. So as you could tell from that beautiful intro, I am so excited to bring to you guys a very dear and someone now who I would like to call a very good friend. may not have known her long, but I'm sure those of you that are listening to this will know that there are just some people you meet and have an instant connection with and just feel like you've been besties for life. So I just want to welcome you to the show, beautiful Lisa Thompson. Thank you so much, Kim. What an introduction. It was such a pleasure to meet you uh, just earlier this year. And yeah, I feel exactly the same way. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Those, it is. it's, it's, it's actually a really cool segue um, into just, just briefly off the top of your head. You know, do you believe in soul connections and people coming together that really, you know, they've had maybe previous experiences or there's been other things? Like what's your thoughts around that? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I, I definitely feel that there there are there's just those people that you meet and it's like this instant knowing and a really deep connection that you think how how does that even happen when when we've only just been in each other's presence for a moment um and yeah so I think yes (laughs) (laughs) I know I've heard so many different teachers and speakers throughout my life and particularly someone like Dr. Brian Weiss who talks a lot about you know many lives many masters past lives Mm -hmm. regression therapy and things like that and you know one of his comments he made is that 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 likeness that connection you have with someone is quite possibly, and this may be a little bit out there, but it's quite possibly, yeah. you know, a past life that we were connected, which is why there's such a familiarity. Um, I know that you have a beautiful background and and before, you know, we get into that, I just was wondering as a psychologist, is that something that's ever discussed at university? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't think so. Definitely not. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what Brian said, and he's a psychologist too. But anyway, I just wanted to put that one aside. Let's <laughs> let's go back to you. Give us a little brief intro as to who you are, your life's journey, um, what's led you on the beautiful path of the amount of work you've done around self and personal development, and really give us the essence as to who you are and why you do what you do. Yeah, okay. So... I grew up on a farm in country Victoria. We grew lots of incredible produce and that included avocados and almonds and citrus and it was really, really beautiful, um, my childhood. And then I always knew that the moment that I was able to, I was I was out of there. So... I decided to 
go to uni when I finished year 12 and I studied I think for about five to five to seven years when I arrived (laughs) which seems crazy to think about now but I studied psychology and social work and counseling and I immersed myself into work and found myself working in youth homelessness in an emergency department here in Adelaide, in schools, um, and also in private practice. And so I, I loved what I did, but I think there was always this knowing that, or a frustration, I guess it was, that I just wasn't achieving what I wanted to achieve in helping and supporting people in where they were in their life. And alongside that career or professional journey, I also had my own personal inner struggles, I guess you could say, that I was dealing with. And I was seeing a psychologist and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. They, they, they certainly supported and made changes for me um, or helped me to make changes in certain areas. But it was like it wasn't getting to the depth that I wanted to get to. And so I was looking for something more professionally and I was looking for something more personally. And then I discovered this whole world of, I guess you could say, more natural, alternative, holistic therapies. And my world changed forever. And so that was really kick-started in 2014 when I was diagnosed with an incurable condition called ankylosing spondylitis. And I remember being in the doctor's office and them saying to me, you will need to take really strong anti-inflammatory medication for the rest of your life. And this condition will progressively get worse and worse and potentially one day your spine may fuse. And in that moment, I just remember thinking to myself, my first thought, which I am so grateful for, was no, that will not be my life. It's not happening. And so that was really the Kickstarter that opened my mind to more because I then discovered all of these ways to look within, to change my lifestyle, and I healed that condition within my body. It no longer exists within me. And so that was, yeah, that was sort of, um, oh, now when I look back on it, I just feel so incredibly grateful for that experience because it opened my eyes I I just think it's a really fascinating thing you've brought up there is and for want of a better word the psychology around a diagnosis Mm -hmm. and and I think for many of us when we're told things by a doctor or a medical expert or any expert for that matter and we're given a label or a condition Mm -hmm. or something that now 
becomes supposedly our new normal. Mm. Um, yet you healed that and you said no. What was the thing inside of you that made you say no? Well, I, you're so right. A doctor has a lot of, we, we place so much power in what they say. And so I had a vision as soon as they said that of, of my life and it, it made me feel, so, I guess you could say like my life was over in that moment, but the vision I saw, I, I just, I couldn't stand it. And so that made me just have this determination and this passion within me to say that's that's just not okay that's that's not happening and when we we get to choose what we believe and so if you believe that that is your destiny that that is what is your life then you you will manifest that reality that's what I believe um and so it's yeah it's an incredibly strong thing for doctors to say that I guess um because a lot of people just believe it and they don't look outside to see what else could be possible yeah and without knocking the medical profession or the experts in their field which I'm I know you agree it's it's almost like um and forgive me if this is sounding generalistic but it's almost like you go to university, you study hard, you do what's required to pass an exam, you then get fixated, boxed, or, you know, you have to think a certain way in order to pass these exams. Mm-hmm. And, and my understanding is that the people that step outside of that box, the people that are really interested in the, another view or another mm-hmm. five views or another or a more holistic view or even a more orthodox view, the people that are willing to stay open to the possibility of other things outside of what we've learned is probably one of the most profound things we could each take on as humans. Would you not agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, being incredibly open-minded and absorbing different schools of thought just has so much power in allowing you to see what's what resonates for you. And for me, I've entered a world where I see people reversing conditions regularly and healing their body of past trauma. And and I think, you know, just coming back to that power that we have within ourselves and finding what works for you because everybody's different and, and what works for one person might not work for the next. But... There is so much wisdom within and our bodies, they are magic. Like they innately know what's best. They innately know how to heal given the right conditions. (laughs) That is the operative word, isn't it? Because I've had, I've said this on stage once before I fell into a trap. I said, you know, your body will tell you what it needs. And someone shouted out and said, well, tells me that I need McDonald's. And I was like, oh, I fell into that one. Um, but even that is, is a, 
an assault on the intelligence of the body because mm-hmm. that's and that's something that I really wanted to bring in with you given this conversation is the the, the connection between mind and body mm-hmm. and um and do you believe one governs the other or do you believe that they work synchronistically together or do you yeah. believe one is a dominating or what's your thoughts I, on that I believe they are all it's all connected mm-hmm. it's all interwoven and you know when I'm coaching women it's it's so fascinating to watch when you're working at the unconscious level yet they're experiencing all these shifts and changes at the same time in their physical body and you can see it. So it's not just this work that's happening in the mind, in the head, in the brain. It's this work that's happening throughout every single cell in your body and you can feel it, you can see it. It's it's incredible to watch. And so, yeah, I believe that they are both... Um, very intricately interwoven. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about your life in the more orthodox realm, um, in the hospitals and schooling systems. What were the great things that happened for you in that realm of work? And talk to us a little bit about the challenges that you face. Yeah, I had a great time working in all of my roles. They, I was often working in sort of high crisis and having to act incredibly quickly and support people that were in really, really tough situations. And I loved the opportunity to get to support all of the people in, across those areas. However, there was a level of frustration that came with that because I wanted more for them. I wanted more change and often I felt that in those within those systems, so the health system, the schooling system, the homelessness system, I felt a lot of stuck energy and I felt like I couldn't support people to get the results that I thought they were, that was possible for them. Um, and I think often... It's because they couldn't even see that there was more possibility as well. Um, can, can I just interrupt you there? Is that because you weren't able to go into a more holistic realm in the way that you do today where you see so many results? Or is that because you were bound by certain legalities of what you could and couldn't say? Like what, what is it? Or did you not know enough in order to show them what was the problem there? Yeah, I think uh, a little bit of a combination. I think there there's definitely restrictions around what you can and can't do and say. Uh, and there's also this real things have to be incredibly professional and, you know, there's you keep your personal boundaries and you don't share about yourself. And, um, and I think that creates a lot of restriction around being able to fully connect with a person. And so the way that I see it and compare now to the work that I do is that I was working in a space where I hadn't fully felt the effects of what I was practising. So I, I often 
referred to imposter syndrome when I worked in that space, not feeling like I I had all of the tools available to do my work well and feeling like I was missing something. And since becoming a coach and studying neuro-linguistic programming and timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, integrative health, there's, there's so many things that I've studied over the past couple of years. And now I have fully embodied and felt the effects of those modalities within me and I've had the most incredible transformation in my life and so when I work with someone I just have this absolute certainty within me that I can guide and support them to achieve complete transformation in their life and I guess that comes down to belief again doesn't it you know I just I have that belief in myself. I have that belief in every single person that comes to me. And it's, it just feels like magic, the work that I get to do now in comparison to what I was doing. It's a beautiful, a beautiful thing to say that as a therapist, you have complete confidence in yourself and also most importantly, the confidence in the person sitting with you. Mm. And I think even as a parent, you know, when our children do things or don't do things or when partners are going through tough times or family members are going through things, one of the greatest gifts we could give to another person is our total belief that Mm. they will get through this, that they Mm -hmm. have um, opportunities or different people or ideas around what you think could help them But I guess it comes back to not only belief, but also the person's uh, desire to want to change, the person's desire and belief in themselves, and also their want to change. Have you ever come across people that really don't want to change and they are in their story or their belief system? They don't feel like there's another way or another possibility or even another insight. And what would you know when you suggest those things? Have you come across those people? (laughs) Have I? Uh, Let me think. (laughs) Yes, of course, those people are everywhere. And for me, I... I think there's been times where that has really frustrated me because I just think, oh, if if only you knew, like, come over here, look what I can show you. <laughs> However, that can be incredibly exhausting and I know that there are endless people who want to do the work, the inner work, and so because the work that I do is so focused on my energy and my energy needs to be clean and strong and present. I allow myself to focus on those that are ready to make the change and I trust that those around me that maybe not aren't quite there yet, that they're watching and that when they're ready and when the time is right for them, they will show up for themselves. And I, I sort of let go, I guess, let go that attachment because it can be incredibly draining, especially when they're people that you really love and care about. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's nothing like those closest to us to help teach us as well, right? Give us opportunities to understand mm. um, what those triggers or responses are. And mm. we felt that one of the most important things we can do is to really be the example, not the evangelist. And yet when we've learned something and we're so excited and we want to share it with the world and we know what it can do for people. <laughs> Um, and, you know, for me, all of the things you're talking about, which I'm now proudly qualified in as well, I just feel also adding into that my experience in 30 years with essential oils and the power of smell and creating aromatic anchors throughout that journey. There is just such a beautiful plethora of opportunities for change. But I do agree with you that it can be exhausting. It can be really challenging trying to teach that to someone who's not ready or listening or willing and also trying to change someone. And I, I just would love your advice around that for people listening that they may have a partner they wish would change. They may have children they wish would change. And I'm sure it's all motivated with greatest intent, change for the better. But what's your advice around that, um, you know, for, for wanting to help or support someone who's just not ready? Yeah, my my advice is to do the work on yourself because when people notice change within you, it inspires them. But also what I've really noticed is the more work that I do on myself, the more those around me shift and change based solely on my perception and the inner work that I'm doing. It's such a fascinating thing to watch when you heal things within yourself and then it has this like a flow-on effect and things shift and change within the people that are around you. And so, yeah, I guess my advice is to be the example and lead yourself first because when you're leading yourself and you're moving forward, people have the opportunity to follow <laughs> and I want to ask something else on that note. You say that the, the more work you do on yourself, the more people around you change. Is it that they're changing? Are they absorbing into you or is it your perception of them changing? Definitely perception. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, letting go of maybe some of the stories that you've created or the beliefs that you have about yourself or that person, emotions that you're holding on to in relation to that connection with another person. There's, I think there's so many things that, um, that contribute to that change. Um, also, you know, um, in the work that we've done, Kim, learning how to integrate the shadow, I've found that really powerful in shifting elements of relationships that I have and, yeah, it's just so beautiful to be able to experience. I, I, I wanted, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the shadow and the golden shadow, just, you know, in, in layman's terms, just a little bit about what you believe for all of us to hear this. You know, we all know we have faults, we have constraints, we have weaknesses, we have parts of ourselves that we can all certainly focus on and do more work on. Um, but there's also a side of us that is so incredibly beautiful and amazing 
And it's interesting that we focus so much on the things that we don't have or can't do as opposed to the things that we have and can do. Could Mm. you talk to us a little bit about that, beautiful? Yeah, so I guess in terms of the shadow work that I do with my clients, I think, you know, we all have someone in our lives or multiple people in our lives, there might be a pattern, that are expressing particular traits that really trigger us they they might really annoy us get on our nerves and that that shows so much about yourself and what's going on for you so the way that I see it is that that say that trait that seems to be showing up in others is often something that you are suppressing or you're disowning within yourself that it exists and because you are pushing it down. It has to be more strongly expressed in another person. And so when you do shadow work at an unconscious level and you allow yourself to realise that that trait is equally within you, then it has this natural balancing out effect. And so there's, you know, there's people in my life that I've integrated some shadow stuff within myself around what was triggering me in them and I I look at them and I still look at them when I've done this work maybe a year and a half ago and I think oh they must be doing some kind of personal development work in secret they must be (laughs) and they're not I know they're not but the change in what I see is so strong that sometimes you think, oh, surely I didn't have that effect just by all the work that I was doing. But it is, it's it's so strong and powerful. And just like you can integrate the shadow, you can also integrate golden shadow. And, and that might be, for example, you might see someone who exhibits all of these incredible qualities and you pedestal them and you you put them up here and think, oh, I could never be like that. But just like all of the, the triggering traits are equally within you, so are all those traits that um the golden traits. And when you can realise that they are within you just the same as they are within this person that you've put up on the pedestal you you shift that balance and you can see that there is I guess an an equality between that person and you can fully start to express those traits as well knowing that they are within you so beautiful I love I love doing shadow work with clients Hence the name of your business too, <laughs> um, Golden Shadow Collective. I love it. I I really appreciate you expressing that because so many of us, um, you know, we fall victim to or into a trap of the negativity, but we know there's a reason for the. I guess the the imposter syndrome, the negativity, the the putting ourselves down. It, it is a survival thing that we've grown up to uh, come through evolutionally processes with, isn't it? It's something that we've had to adapt to understand to survive. We've had to look for the danger or look for the problem before we've looked for the good. 
Is Mm. there something else that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I guess, um, oh, what's just coming to mind for me right now is that there is so much conditioning and programming from a young age and a lot of that programming is really helpful for our survival and for us living our lives in our families, within our communities. But then there's some programming that maybe is not so helpful. And this has been, I guess, supporting me on my self-love journey is the more work that I do on myself and the more that I can unravel some of that conditioning and remove suppressed emotions and release limiting beliefs that you know I had decided at some point in my life that a situation meant a particular thing about myself when I can release all of that it's like I can come back more into myself and without all of those layers my love just continues to deepen and deepen for myself that's just truly beautiful and and I think there was a point where I did a program many many years ago where you know so many people can blame their parents can blame their teachers Mm -hmm. can blame their coaches can blame a condition or money or lack of money there is Mm -hmm. there is many many um, reasons as to why we can create excuses not to live a fully expressed, beautiful life. Mm-hmm. But there's really, there comes a point in my humble belief where we have to put our big girls or big boys' pants on, own what's happened, take responsibility, and really be accountable for the way that we react, respond, or act in the world. And, you know, for many of us, it could be a negative experience that actually ends up being the making of you. And Mm -hmm. I know that that's really hard to say that when you're in the process of it, Um, but there is absolutely always a treasure or a gift on the other side of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, Just why is it so hard for humans to go through the pain of getting through a horrific experience or tragedy or or thing that can knock them off or knock us all off our feet and put us on our bathroom floor mm. why why do we want to move and avoid that pain with all cost as opposed to maybe as Brené Brown would say lean into it process it work with it feel the emotions really feel it but most of us don't want to feel that agonizing heartbreak mm. Yeah, so true. We we really want to avoid pain, which I think comes back down to that survival instincts. However, some of those emotions, when you can transmute that energy, that becomes some incredibly powerful energy to be able to channel into areas of your life that, you know, where you desire that energy to go. And it is, it's so challenging because in the moment, it's so hard to get that perspective to be able to zoom out and see the wider picture. Um, but it's once you can really, really look at that and you can dive in and find the gold that that is giving you, it, it's like it allows that, that polarity. So 
that polarity is so important, isn't it? When we when we have felt those depths of those emotions, it allows us to feel some of what we would call the more positive emotions on a deeper level. And yeah, I think it just gives so much richness to life as well. Someone listening to this could turn around and say, I'm trying really hard. I'm trying hard. You know, I just, you know, I've, I've gone through a tragedy. I've lost my father mm. at a young age through cancer. I've lost my, my sister. I've lost my, my, I've lost someone really dear to me and it was an accident. It was caused by mm-hmm. someone else or it was an illness that took them or it was something that took them. And they're sitting here going, I can't see the gift in this. There is no mm-hmm. gift. Do you think it's time? Is it, um, do you think that the universe, it, it's all sculpted, it's all, um, <laughs> I'm trying not to go too down the rabbit yeah. hole, but do you believe that it's already mapped out and the lessons are there for us, our soul, our journey, this time, our, this time of our life to really, well, it will, if it was meant to be different, it would be different. Mm-hmm. But how do you say that to someone in the rebels of, of pain? Yeah, that's probably not something I would say to someone who is right in the depths of it, I think. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think about some of the most challenging things that I've experienced and taking myself back there. If someone had have said to me, this is all part of the plan, this is meant to happen, <laughs> it's it's the last thing you want to hear when you you want to hear and so I think it's a beautiful thing when you can come to that yourself so you know in I have experienced rape and sexual assault on a few occasions throughout my life and those moments were some of the most challenging times in my life I felt as though my power had been completely removed and I would say to myself, like, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? And I am in a place right now where I can look back on those experiences and I am so incredibly grateful for them. And that can be really challenging for some people to hear but they have allowed me to become the person that I am today I there is no way that I would be where I am without those experiences and so I love myself and I love the journey that I've been on I, I I just want to say thank you for sharing that. There is, you know, sometimes we see people, we hear people, and we think they've got it all together. They're amazing. They've they've got the perfect life, maybe the perfect kids, the perfect home, the perfect husband, whatever. There's a perception that so many have it so much better than anyone else. Would your work say differently and that it's more that the people that we put there have just learnt to do the work on themselves to process it to then find them where you are in a place of gratitude rather than absolute anger remorse Mm. um, and all the feelings that come with those emotions that maybe don't serve us as well long term Mm. as what they can with gratitude 
yeah, I think it's a process and there's a choice. You have a choice. You can allow your past to rule you in a way that you feel like things are out of control and you have no power over what's happening or you can draw that line in the sand and you can say, no, this is, this is not how I want to continue living. And so you can do the deep inner work and you can, you can find ways to shift the story, to shift the emotions and, and create the life that you want to create. And, you know, taking that radical responsibility and reclaiming your power is an incredible thing to be able to do and it's it's not always an easy thing to do but it it just allows you to live a life that is in alignment with what you desire most it doesn't and it doesn't mean that challenges don't come your way but you are so better prepared and prepped to to be able to work through whatever's thrown your way that's the key thing, isn't it? Creating a repertoire of resources, mm. creating and, and, and maybe not only doing the work on ourselves when we're going through challenges, but how profound and wonderful maybe rather than spending hours upon hours watching a Netflix documentary or series or, or show, but to sit there and maybe join something like FMTV Gaia and watch documentaries on the mind and how we work and understanding our emotions and, and really gifting ourselves the opportunity to learn about us because this stuff isn't taught at school, is it? No, it's not taught at school, unfortunately. Things... Oh, things would be incredible if some of these things were taught in school. Could you imagine if we prepped our beautiful young souls? And this is where I'd say to every parent listening to the show, go back and listen to these, this show and take notes um, because there's some really big gems in here. And one of the best things I've learned as a mom is the more I learned um, and did my own personal development work and discovered and continuously read and learned and listened to, of course, now in the last decade, we've been able to listen to podcasts and video blogs and things like that. One of the most beautiful things you can do as a mum or a dad is to educate yourself more in these areas so that you then, you know, I remember one of my therapists, a psychologist, and she was a spiritualist and everything. And I, Danny and I were going through a really tough time. And she said, my darling, she was French, mm -hmm. you, you know, your job is not to dump on your children and to tell your children everything. No, no, no. You're that, that's what you have friends and therapists for. Your job, my dear, is to show your children how to get through tough times. And the minute she said that, I remember thinking, yeah, I need to be a greater teacher. I need to use my experience that they're watching firsthand to actually show them that when they go through these, because the reality is no one escapes them, right? No one escapes tough times. I heard a quote, you know, many years ago, the meat cleaver of life does come down at certain times on all of us and sometimes that can be in the shape of a three o'clock phone call from the police in the morning could be a horrific news it could be it's for some people COVID has really been that horrific um 
experience where they've really not been able to do what they need. They've not had the jobs. They've not had the security. Life has never been the same. What would you say to those of us that are parents or that we are, we're actually all part of humanity. We have people around us all the time. How do we become the better role model apart from just learning and doing the work or or tell us more about what is the work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think it comes back to what we spoke about earlier around being the example and leading yourself because, you know, children are like sponges. They're watching and they're absorbing everything. And if you can show yourself first that you honour yourself, that you love yourself and you do the work around you know, the work, I guess, can, can come in so many different forms, but I think often it's, a, it's allowing yourself to, to be guided on your journey as well and to seek support when you need it. And that can show so much magic to our children just around how life doesn't have to be a lonesome journey. You know, we... We have so many people around us who love and support us and are there for us and and drawing on all of the resources that we have and, and teaching them that there is there's just so much that you can do to love yourself more, to care for yourself and and gifting that to your children is is such a beautiful thing to be able to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And you've allowed me to ask my favorite question (laughs) on the self-love podcast, and that is, what is your definition of self-love? My definition of self-love would be connecting deeply with yourself on an emotional and a physical, a spiritual, a sexual level and and the feeling of aliveness that comes with that connection and that compassion for self. And I think also it's around that, that prioritising of you as the number one person in your life. And, you know, whether that comes in the form of investing in yourself or that filling of your cup before you're able to allow that to overflow and fill others up. I think, yeah, that's, it just makes you come alive and you have this energy that is abundant where you have more to give, more love to share. You can be a kinder and more compassionate person. So true and so beautiful. I really appreciate that and so much. It's you're just speaking to my soul. I I just find so many women that listen to this, and even the partners of those women listening to this often feel so much um, you know, guilt, if that's the right word, around investing in themselves, filling mm-hmm. their own cup, coming alive. It's almost like 
it, it, this, this martyrdom of motherhood becomes a badge of honour that, that women actually wear quite proudly. Mm. And one of the greatest things that <clears throat> so many men or husbands or partners would love for their wives and the mothers of their children is to truly embrace themselves, nurture themselves, take care of themselves. How, what would be your suggestions on ways that we can do that? Oh, there is so many options. Um, taking care of yourself is, oh, it's such an individual thing, but I can share a little bit about some of the things that I love to do for myself. Uh, I, I love treating myself like a queen and I, I do that by moving my body. I really enjoy dancing in my lounge room with the music cranked up really high that I find when I'm moving I'm I'm shifting my energy in my body and it just elevates things so strongly I'm I'm actually doing an online twerk class at the moment which I'm finding a lot of fun (laughs) I love it yeah, but you know, I also I journal and I I love to meditate and I've always got essential oils diffusing throughout my home. I love creating delicious, healthy meals in my kitchen. I love buying myself plants and flowers and being in nature, taking myself on dates to my favorite cafe. Um I celebrate. I love to celebrate. And so even if it's a small win in my business, for example, I, I love to really hold the energy of that moment and, and use it to, to propel myself more into what I want to create. Um, I, I love spending time with friends and just having a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, some beautiful tips and advice and things that in the, the the monotony of life, sometimes when we're surrounded by a maelstrom of nappies and sleepless nights and sick babies or, you know, tired, cranky people or, you know, it, it just sounds so idyllic, all of these things. Um, but what I found when I was at that stage was, I never gave up on those things, which is probably why I love to teach this work. Now, I ended up calling them triple M's, micro moments of mindfulness, where I would rather have a couple of moments 10 times a day um, rather than not having anything and allowing for 10 or 20 minutes at the end of the day, which never seemed to come. So even going to the bathroom, I had my aromatic spritzer. And even if I had both kids in there with me, it would be turned into a bit of a joke that I'd spritz them and spritz me. And so, you know, many parents listening to this, I know you don't often get much time to yourself, but again, it goes back to what Lisa was saying about the prioritization of that. And if you don't make time for it, just got to remember, we're not teaching our children the good habits either. Um, And also really making sure that there's lots of little things like three deep breaths. And I get my kids to do that with me. Oh, oh, it's one of those moments. It's a triple M moment. I'd say to them and they go, oh, okay. And I'd say, close your eyes. And we've all got to take three long deep breaths. And I'd get them to do it with me. 
or I would say tonight is a special bath and they'd go yay it's a candle bath and a candle bath (laughs) would be taking them in they'd each get to hold a match and I'd help them light a candle each they got to choose an oil each of course I'd chosen the most relaxing oils but they got to choose one or two of those we would put Epsom salts or magnesium flakes into the bath and then the big rule was once they'd hopped in and had a bit of a play they had to go for a whole two minutes of not moving or saying anything and mummy had to keep her eyes closed as well and so I ended up making these little rituals part of my life did they last the full two minutes not always but at least I got 30 seconds or we'd do it again or I don't know I just turned it into me becoming a part of their world and their world becoming a part of mine wasn't always perfect wasn't always how I would have loved it to be but it certainly gave them um, a feeling of it's not their fault, but also that sometimes mummies get tired too, sometimes they get tired and stressed. And I really tried to, and I'm not saying I did it properly because I'm sure if I interviewed both my children, they'd give me (laughs) a lot of times where I did lose my shizzle at times and whatnot. But we always spoke about it, and I always created this opportunity for them to be involved. Mm. What about the woman particularly or the man that's listening to this, that his work is his life or her work, her career is just so consuming. And not only is she at work full on, but she brings the work home. So she may not have children, but her life is just as busy. I just want to ask, would your advice for all of those beautiful things to take care of yourself be exactly the same? I think what would be really powerful for someone like that who may feel as though how do I get a spare minute to do all of this stuff that you've just suggested would be to maybe start a list, write a bit of a self-love menu where you can have that somewhere and in a moment where you've found that you have a spare five minutes, You can go and you can choose something to try. And so maybe it hasn't become a ritual yet. Maybe it's not a daily practice. But when you you have those snippets, you don't have to think about, oh, what, what should I do now? It's like it's all there and all you need to do is choose one. And it might be as simple as getting out your phone and opening your favorite meditation app and choosing a five-minute guided meditation and taking a moment to just sit. Or it might be when you wake up in the morning, whilst you're getting ready for your work day, you diffuse some essential oils and you play some music. And so that is a practice that can be done throughout the maybe the busyness of the morning when you're trying to get yourself off to work. And so start small, start with one thing. And when that one thing becomes just a part of you, you can start to add more in. So I love it because, you know, I truly do believe that the two biggest excuses that I get in every workshop and every conversation I have with people, if I had more time, I'd do it. Or the other one is if I had more money, I'd do it. But I really think one of the key elements we've spoken about today is it's never about the time and money. It's about whether or not you make yourself a priority. Mm -hmm. Um, And why is it some 
people can have five kids and still manage to do these rituals, whereas someone who's fully into their career and is absolutely chock-a-block never finds time until, sadly, and I, I, I do want to make note of this, that you know, if you do not invest into yourself, then sickness often invests itself in you. And I do believe that if you don't get the taps and they could be little headaches or you could get a whack where you've hurt and fallen and, and, and hurt yourself, or you may get a Mack truck to mm. completely wipe you off your feet. So it's whether or not you want the tap, the whack or the Mac, um, in my opinion, as to whether you'll wake up to this. But at some point, if we do not, as Lisa says, start small, practice in the moment, create that beautiful menu of ideas. Um, there's a there's a four-page free manifesto on my website um, at 28.com that you can download um, that you could stick on your wall and there's four pages of suggestions of self-care rituals or things to say to oneself. I'm just curious to know if there's a way people want to know more from you and your ideas, beautiful Lisa. How else could someone get in touch with you? Yeah, so people can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, which is at golden.thread.collective. And on there, there is um, links to book a free discovery call with me if one-on-one coaching is something that you would love to discuss further. And I also run regular programs online. So if you're wanting to find out about upcoming programs, you can find those through my social media. Um, And I've got, you know, a link tree there that has all the different things that I'm offering right now. Uh, I'm also a published meditation teacher on Insight Timer. And so if you use Insight Timer, I would love for you to listen to my free meditation on there and leave me a review. That would that would just fill my heart up. And yeah, we can um we can pop those links in so that people can access that. So, so beautiful. I just, I know we, I could, I could speak to you and listen to you all day, my beautiful friend. Um, is there any final message that you would love to say to these amazing listeners of the Self Love Podcast? I think my message would be that if you're not sure where to go, or what to do next on your journey, and you're really wanting to bring that power back into yourself, then something that's worked so strongly for me is having coaches in my life that are a couple of steps ahead of me that guide me and support me on my journey and and allow me to, to, to become more and more of myself. And so that would be my message that if you're wanting to know where to next, find someone that really resonates with you. Find someone that you connect with strongly and reach out to them. And, yeah, dive into the coaching world. It's, it's such a beautiful space to be in. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And 
you know, we know there's coaches and there's coaches, just like there's doctors and there's doctors and there's, um, you know, aromatherapists and there's aromatherapists. So there's, you know, sometimes don't be put off if you've had an experience with someone that didn't work for you. It just may be that that coach or that person or that therapist wasn't the right one for you. And the beautiful mm. thing about all of the different modalities out there is that there is someone that is so perfect for you in this moment. And um, one of the best things about the coaching world that I've seen, and particularly um, in, the, in the realm that we're in now, is that you actually get to spend some time for free with someone so that they also get to know you because a, a coach, a person that's sitting like where Lisa is, is, is also wanting someone that's willing to do the work and wanting to show up and wanting to experience life at its fullest. So it's a two-way street, that discovery call. And, and there's times where we all know at the end of that, that it's just not the right fit and therefore perfect. You didn't put a lot of time and money into something that didn't work mm. for you. So um, I just want to acknowledge you for that because I think those discovery calls are the most powerful part of a coach-client relationship. Um, and I really, I, I can't imagine, I'm so proud to interview so many beautiful souls on this podcast. And I am a little bit biased. It's around the work that I love. Um, we've had some beautiful guests and I've got some more to come that, you know, each have a story and your story, my friend, is very profound, very powerful. And I particularly love the fact that you have a very, uh, you have a degree and you've learnt all the rounds from that more scientific, orthodox way of thinking. And I really appreciate the holistic approach that you've taken as well, which is what's made you such a special soul. Sweetheart, is there a favourite? I'd love to finish with a favourite quote of yours. Yes, I do have a favourite quote, which feels like it fits very strongly with uh, the direction of my business at the moment. And that is a bird sitting in a tree is never afraid of the branch breaking because its trust is not on the branch, but on its own wings. Oh, let's just say it one more time. I love it. I love it. <laughs> a bird sitting in a tree is never afraid of the branch breaking because its trust is not on the branch but on its own wings. Oh, and on that note, my beautiful, beautiful Lisa, I just want to say from both Lisa and my heart to yours listening to this right now, that is a very, very important message and there's no accidents that you just have listened to this particular podcast and also to that beautiful quote I really do believe that the trust becomes so powerful when it's never displaced or misplaced in someone else, but fully and totally embraced for our own belief in self and, and absolutely trusting in all the magic that we have within us. Beautiful Lisa Thompson, you're an incredible soul. I love you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm very honored to have you here on the Self Love Podcast. Thank you so much, Kim. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.